You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion. Team. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Play Tessie. It is episode 39, the Jared Saltalamachia episode. He walked off game two, 2013 ALCS. I was there. Everyone remembers the big poppy home run, but Jared Saltalamachia walked off that game. Also participated in the Bradford Show Fantasy Football League last year with Chris Henrique. And I want to say they weren't good, but I forget. But this is the official podcast of true unconditional love which is what we have for the Boston Red Sox. And you better have it if you're in our shoes because we're talking about this team all the damn time and they punch us in the gut. But when love is unconditional, you just stick it out. How you doing, fellas? Uh, 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 I was doing better before that Breslow media availability. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to talk about that. We're going to talk about all the media availabilities that went down today. Core had a presser. Craig Breslow had a presser. We'll also jump into some quick thoughts before that on, on a couple other notes that happened. But before we do that, just remember, hit that subscribe button, hit that follow button, wherever you're listening. If it's the Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or if you're on YouTube, hit that thumbs up, rate us five stars. However you grade it, whatever podcast, whatever platform you're on, hit that five star, hit that thumbs up and hit that subscribe. It helps us out a ton, helps you out a ton. You get those noties when those episodes drop. But we woke up to news this morning that someone we have talked about on this podcast a lot, Jorge Soler, did not sign with the Red Sox, and he got a three-year deal with the San Francisco Giants. Uh, curious, quick takes on that. We've got a lot to cover today, so we'll breeze through this. But quick takes on uh, Jorge Soler, Sammy. You were you were you were you were hot on Soler, and then you were cold on Soler, and then you were kind of in the middle. I don't yeah. know. Well, well, give me your thoughts. So very obvious. It's it's not a perfect fit, Jorge Soler in Boston. He is not a good defender. The position he does play is left field and, and right field technically, but that's not an option uh, at Fenway with how big right field is there. So doesn't really fit defensively. Right-handed bat hits home runs. That's a good fit. So 
kind of in between. And I said this earlier today on the interweb. It's not so much the fact that the Red Sox didn't get Jorge Soler in particular. It's the fact that they have a glaring need, a very much glaring need, in my opinion, uh, in the way of a right-handed power bat to put between uh, Devers and Casas, we think. So they have this need, and they didn't address it, conceivably because they didn't want to give Soler $14 million in the year 2026. Because he signed with the Giants for three years, 42, which is a 14 million a year contract. Very cheap for a guy who hits 30 plus home runs with a 128 OPS plus. So, yeah, it's just, it's such a, I don't know how many times we can say this. It's just they're operating like a small market team. Never in a million years, like, would you think the the Boston Red Sox would be like, "Mm, 14 million in 2026? Oh, we're going to pass in like just accept this middling offense that we have with upside, but you know, so it's, it's not so much Solaire. It's the concept of being like, we have a need, but we're going to pass because we don't want to give up that third year and 14 million, which by the way, in 2026, middle relievers are probably going to be getting 14 million. So yeah, it's just more, more kicks to the place where it hurts from the Red Sox and, uh, and if you enjoy that, we've got more of that all show. Pat, I want to say you were the one who texted first. And was it like a 6 a.m. text or am I just like my trip? Yeah, right uh, it, I think it was before that. I was like <laughs> a kid on Christmas because I wanted to see how much snow I got. So see if I was going into uh, work today. So I rolled over. I saw the skylight covered in snow. I was like, sick. I looked out at my phone and saw Solar to the Giants, and I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, all right, that sucks. But no, I'm with Sammy. I, I'm not so mad about missing out on Solaire as much as I am the lack of awareness and not committing or not even addressing the glaring hole that is a right-handed bat in the middle of the order. And I don't know if we've said that on here. But kind of since Solaire became an idea, we kind of said like that 13 to 15 range for two to three years. So it's not like the Giants like outbid everybody. Like that was his market value after less than a month on the free agent market. So it's not like the Sox offered, you know, three for 30 and they upped it to three for whatever. Very reasonable number. Very, very reasonable years. He It does not matter. A guy like him ages very well. Because all he does is hit homers now. Like, it's not like he's just going to become a contact guy at 36. Nelson Cruz kind of guy. Exactly. Like, same idea. So, it sucks because he would have been kind of that perfect three-hole hitter that they desperately need right now. Uh, Price was, you would think, right in their wheelhouse. But, I mean, overall, it just sucks. Because this is going to end with Garrett Cooper on a one-year, $4 million deal. Ah, uh, no. Stop. Listen, I'm going to I'm going to push back on you guys a little bit, but not entirely because I agree that when it does end up with like Garrett Cooper or Adam Duvall or whoever as the guy and if Trevor Story doesn't work out, guess what? That's the guy who's going to be hitting third. I agree. That is not the place that the Red Sox should be. Yeah, Tommy Tommy Fam too. Like whatever. Any of these guys, like I don't know. Yes. The I would not have given Jorge Soler three years. When 
when I saw Teoscar Hernandez get one year, I thought, okay, Jorge Soler should be able to be had for two years. And that's when I jumped on the train because, yeah, they lack a power bat. They lack a three-hitter. We have talked about this at nauseum on this show, how this team does not have a three-hitter to split Devers and Casas. All right? So, yes, Jorge Soler being off the market means that just yet another option is not there. But I think the real story here is that is still that they had two guys in Justin Turner and Teoscar Hernandez who both clearly wanted to be in Boston. Like you had Teoscar, like everyone knows Justin Turner wanted to be in Boston, but you had Teoscar Hernandez liking tweets, begging him to come to Boston. And there was obvious mutual interest from both sides, but the Red Sox lowballed him and his agent made that very well known through leaks through the media. So I, I think it's, the window for the Red Sox outfielders to come up, it's like in two years, you want to be able to have spots for like a Roman Anthony to take over. You want to ha- be able to like push Masataka to DH at that point. That's what I was thinking. So three years, I thought it could get a little bit clogged. And if Jorge Soler has a down year at any point, and he's had a lot of down years, then that contract at $14 million isn't going to be tradable. So I understand that, but I just go back to Justin Turner and Teoscar Hernandez because... Like you said, Pat, when they signed Garrett Cooper for one year, four mil, we're all going to be sitting here wondering why they didn't pay a guy like Justin Turner. And it all just keeps going back to that budget set by ownership. Gordo, question for you. So Teoscar signed with the Dodgers for 23 and a half million one year. They deferred it, whatever. A lot of it deferred, yeah. yeah. We don't have to overcomplicate it. Would you have given Solaire, let's say, two years Forty-two million, so twenty-one a year. So the AAV is higher, but the years are shorter. You're still under the luxury tax. I would, I would say that's a little bit high AAV wise, I, especially considering I'm sure ownership is going to have some sort of budget next year, and we're going to want to see them add a starter next year because they're not doing it this year. And if they've got a twenty-one million dollar DH in the fold, that might complicate things considering. We hate to admit it, but they're going to have a budget. But I would have gone. I would have gone into the like seventeen, eighteen a year range. I would have gone higher for two years. I think if you keep it to two years, you're okay with AAV being higher. But what's I just get nervous about that budget. What's the difference though? That's 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 like. But, but that's but that's how we operate. That's how we used to operate. There yeah. used to not be a difference between four or five million bucks. Now there is. Now now we have to freaking count our pennies. Crazy. This is my, Red Sox. This is kind of my greater point that I'm trying to make, though, is that like in 2007, we never would have been concerned about, you know, we as fans never would have been like, you gave Jorge Soler a third year for 14 million. Ooh, that might age poorly. And now it's like it just feels like every move they make has to be Chris Sale for Von Grissom, like the perfect trade just falls right into your lap. Unbelievable. Of course, you're going to do it. Kind of move, and like they're they're afraid to they're afraid for any little negativity to come back at them after any trade, and it's so tepid and boring. Sammy, perfect segue here. I have such a fun little nugget for everybody. I hate the way you're talking, Pat. This is the not Red Sox fun. are now 45 days removed from their last legitimate move to upgrade their major league roster. Yeah. Well, Pat, you missed last last episode. We spoke at length about Lucas Litke, so you're actually wrong. I, I was aware. I'm just saying. Guaranteed. Oh, he said he said major league, roster. major league upgrade. Oh, and true. Hold on, not Pat. Major league contract. You're right. Oh, hold on, Pat. God. You're forgetting about Michael Fulmer. 
You have to specify yeah, for the year sorry, 2024. Sorry. Nope. Yes. Another minor league I'm deal. The 2024 major league roster. There we major. go. We, we negate the Fulmer and Litke signings. Yeah, jokes aside, what, what, what things have happened in the world since the last time the Red Sox upgraded their major league roster? The Chiefs um, won the Patriots Super Bowl. Beat the Bills. The Chiefs Patriots. have won. The Chiefs have won several playoff games since the Red Sox made their last real move. Had the NFL playoffs even started? No, no. The <laughs> NFL playoffs. The NFL playoffs started and concluded before. Oh my God, this sucks. What? Well, um, yeah. Oh, another. Oh. Another thing. All right, um, you go first, and then yeah, you got it. DeSantis dropped out of the presidential election. That happened between the last move and now. What else? Oh, I think there was uh, Pal uh, World, that big popular video game that came out between their last move and now. Keep the going. Patriots lost to the Bills and then the Jets to finish out the regular season. Yeah, the Patriots baby. lost to the Bills the day after we traded Chris Hale. Nice, nice. That's awesome. This is great, guys. I'm yeah. having so much fun with this Boston Red Sox men's varsity team right now. They haven't made a move for the major league roster in 2024 since 2023. Oh, that's a good way to put it, Pat. And one of the guys that I think we all thought would be moved, but hasn't been is Kenley Jansen, who Ken Rosenthal is now reporting on his podcast is likely staying saying he doesn't see how a trade comes together at this point. And Alex Cora today said that Kenley Jansen was on the way to Fort Myers. I think, there's a good chance that by the time you're listening to this, he's there. He yeah. might be there right now as we're recording it. Uh, the other note there is that Breslow today during his media availability called him the closer, quote unquote, for now. So we'll see if he doesn't get moved. But Kenley Jansen arriving to camp and Ken Rosenthal reporting that he probably won't get traded, I think is pretty noteworthy considering now you've got a guy who is one of the best closers of this generation one of the leaders of that locker room who now after months of trade rumors is showing up to camp and there's cameras everywhere. Yeah. Hey, Gordo, <laughs> I got an, I got an idea. I got an idea that fits the Red Sox plans to a T. So this, this Kenley Jansen character, he's a pretty good pitcher. Yeah. We, we agree. One of the better ones of the generation. What if, they sent him to triple a and stretched him out to be a starting pitcher. <laughs> That's what they're doing with everyone else. <laughs> they do it with everyone else. Who's good out of the bullpen. Why not just bring 35 year old Kenley Jansen to triple a, Hey, Kenley, uh, we know we signed you to be the closer for two years and you said you wanted to win and we've done nothing of the sort. And then we floated you in trades all off season long, basically made it clear that we want to trade you and then didn't trade you. And now you're here at camp. Why don't we completely change your role too? Would that even – it's just so – everything is dumb. Nothing makes sense. And I, I just want to make it abundantly clear. I don't actually want them to do this with Kenley. But, oh, my God, every good reliever. i got to stretch him out to be a starter. Josh Winkowski might start the season in AAA after dominating. But they're sending him to AAA because they want him to be a, a starter. They probably like the shape of his pitches or something. Fuck me, man. Anyway. Uh, yeah, they've mismanaged the Kenley situation. Like I said, brought him in to be the closer for two years. He said he wanted to win. Front office has not even tried to win. And the Red Sox, as a result, have not won. So 
Yeah, if you're a veteran relief pitcher looking to sign with the Red Sox, it probably is not a great sales pitch for you. It's so depressing. It's, we're at the point where, like, every conversation, I just get so depressed. Like, Josh Rinkowski was one of the most undervalued and underappreciated bullpen pieces in all of the major leagues last year. And now they're going to do what they did with Garrett Whitlock and just completely mess it up. Josh Winkowski pitched 84 innings in 60 games with a 2.88 ERA. He was great last year. He like was He great. was one of the most reliable. Phenomenal. Yeah. How many strikeouts? 82. So he averages, you know, a tick under 9K. So he's getting a lot of strikeouts. Uh, and also, by the way, let's not forget about this. 2022, he started 14 games. What do you guys think? Was his ERA closer to five or six? Five. Six. six. 5.89. So, yeah. Let's and bring him back out as a starter. To be I fair, though, wait. Sammy, he looked a lot better in spring. Like, he was starting games in spring training last year. As a, he, he was starting, and he looked really good. But that being said, at the end of last year, they kind of it looked like they wanted to evolve his role just because he'd kind of taken on that role of a one-inning setup guy, eighth inning guy, and they wanted to kind of transition him back into that multi-inning dude. But, and I'd have to look up the numbers on this, but I just remember it felt like every time he came out for inning number two, it kind of fell off the wagon for him. I don't know. I, what you have enough swing men starting pitcher types who I have more faith in as starters. It's not that, not to say that Winkowski can't do it, but particularly if they do end up trading Kenley Jansen, if you trade Jansen and now Winkowski is stretched out and potentially put in AAA, one of potentially your only strength, the bullpen, is now no longer a strength. Like if you take now, now what what is the if if Whitlock or Hauk is starting, Winkowski's in AAA and Kenley's gone, your bullpen is no longer a strength. You have what? I mean, you have what? Chris Martin and then Chris Murphy. That's all you have. <laughs> yeah. You don't want. Um... You don't want Whitlock closing because you like him as like a two or three inning guy. So right. who's your closer? By the way, Joseph Martin never pitched back to back. We all talk about Martin as as a potential closer. He did not pitch back to back days last year. So I don't no, understand why anyone's talking about him as closer. He's also not really been a closer over his career. I, after that season he had last year, I don't want to move him at all from Agreed. his role. It was unbelievable. Agreed. You're not gonna. I don't think you're gonna get more value out of him. So if Jansen's gone, Winkowski goes to AAA. Hauk is in the rotation. Whitlock is your multi-inning guy. Who the hell is closing games out? And don't even get me started on how I feel about going into the season without a closer. Because I don't know how many times we got to see that fail to like... Sammy, you're you're an idiot, dude. You're forgetting an obvious one. Chris Murphy? Lucas Litke. Lucas Litke! (laughs) Maybe he'll get his ERA below 7 this year. And then he'll be the closer. Maybe you have Michael Fulmer throw with his left hand. I was about to say, he has closing experience, Sammy. You're forgetting another one. True. Yeah, I remember my friends who are Cubs fan would text me like once a week last year, get this fucking Fulmer guy off the mound. He sucks. So he's a Red Sox now. That's fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah, I, I don't know who would close. Honestly, I really don't in that situation. Slayton? Oh, yeah. Well, Ooh, okay. That's a, that, I mean, that's a good one. Everyone is really right. excited about Slayton. I think I, mean, I hate it, but that's a good name to bring up. He's going to be the spring training darling. Like a few years ago when Whitlock came over in the Rule 5 and like they were all talking about him like this guy is absolutely gross. Like this is incredible. Like you got to you gotta see this guy. I feel like that's coming for Justin Slayton. Yeah. He'll, he'll be the Sam Travis of the pitching staff. Spring Great. So training our, uh, our minor league reliever that we've acquired 
as as Red Sox fans. That will be the closer. <laughs> Ooh, Isaiah Campbell. Yeah. Coops guy, Campbell, you could do that. You could, I mean, Schreiber. I like Schreiber in that fireman role where they just. I, do too. I like that too. Well, put in Schreiber and his sidearm sling in 96. So, um, yeah, I would prefer they keep Kenley, sign a starting pitcher, and uh, they can afford it. They say they can't, they act like they can't, but they can. Yeah. You know, but okay. Let me ask you guys something about on the topic of stretching guys out. How do you feel about giving Hauk another shot as a starter? Because that's no. the one guy I'm kind of like, mm, I could see it. I could see him starting. I have more faith in Whitlock as a starter. Really? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. I it's it's and it's not to say that I don't have faith in Hauk. I actually I have faith in both. If we were a small market team, I would actually feel okay. We are. We are. No, if they were, if no, they pretend they are. If they oh, actually okay. were. A real small market team. They were a real small market team. I would okay. actually be semi excited about. Okay, these guys are fully healthy. Whitlock is jacked now. Tanner Houck says he feels better than he's felt in years. I know they say this shit every spring, but I would actually feel pretty good because we have seen some really good flashes from them, and we see young guys put it together. It's just that when you're the Boston Red Sox, you shouldn't be forced to rely on like three or four guys who haven't done it for a full season to do it for a full season. That's I think that's the problem all the fans have. I don't think anyone actually has an issue with any of these guys. They're, I think every, fans like all of them. There's also no depth. If there's one injury, here's another question. Yeah. We'll keep throwing questions at you. If there's one injury in the pitching staff, God forbid, I mean, this happens a lot over 162-game season. Who comes up? Who's your spot starter? Winkowski, dude. That's that's the answer right now. I mean, it would table. be Brandon Walter, right? Like That's your spot starter? The 27-year-old prospect? Yes. Awesome. I, I know. Mean, cool. Yeah. I that, But that's you know, that means you've got think, some experience. That's what you makes me think that. the roster isn't complete. And we, we can we can start talking about Cora's presser. I want to make sure we have time to get into both of these pressers because there was a lot there. Yeah. Um, I was going to go over this part last, but since we're on it, I'll go over it first. Cora was asked if he was surprised that Giolito was the only starting pitcher addition to this or not even to this point he was just asked bluntly if Gio, if he was surprised that Lucas Giolito was the only starting pitcher addition the team made and then Cora responded to that with the offseason isn't over and Breslow Breslow was also asked about about starting pitching he said he they would add to the rotation quote if the right opportunity presents itself which I know Sammy you hate that quote I'll, I'll kick to you first we could just talk about that quote like do you they, they are basically saying to you that the offseason might not be over. And Cora was really – Cora hesitated a bunch when asked – I forget if it was about, about this or, or a bat. He was asked about something offseason related, like if they're done, and he hesitated for a while. Yeah. Oh, he, he was asked – I remember. He was asked if he thought the roster as it stands now is close to complete, and he stood there for a second, and then he said, close but not close. So like they're they're acting like these things are still on the table. It felt to me, I'll I'll just say it first. It felt to me like they're prepared to go forward, but not that they're looking to and they would prefer to make additions, but that they're prepared if those don't fall into their lap because it feels like they're only willing to make additions if it's very much at their price. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a fair way to look at it. The Cora quote to me is a big nothing burger. He didn't answer the question, which means he's not gonna give you anything so that doesn't I, that mean something 
if the roster were actually complete or close to complete, wouldn't he be like, yeah, I'm confident in these guys? Mm, he probably doesn't know, honestly. He probably does, like Fair. genuinely doesn't know if the... How could anyone know? We don't know no, what... They, this is the guy who said that he that he wanted them to add three starting pitchers, and instead we have lost two and added one. Cora say three, really? With Bradfo, yeah. Brad Bradfo was oh. like, "Oh, we like, yeah," and you'll add two starting pitchers. And Cora said, "Or three. It's so crazy. You have three starting pitchers for the last two months of the of the twenty twenty three season, and they're just like, "Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> let's let's run it back." Um, no, the the real quote that I hate is Breslow and Gordo. By the way, this is what I mean when I say he has nothing to gain by talking. Is is he okay? Okay, let me collect myself by saying, if the opportunity presents itself when talking about acquiring pitching, is he saying that there have not been opportunities yes. to acquire mother effing starting pitching? Yes, that's what he's saying. He's saying at the price point that they need, that they have to operate with, there has not been an opportunity they felt comfortable with to, to address the starting rotation. You know, that might be true. That might be true at the price point, which is gross, but it might be true. It's, it is gross. Why would you say that? What else is he supposed to say? Nothing. What Cora did. Say you nothing. Have to talk. He's, he basically did. Stop talking to the media, Breslin. No, keep Stop talking it. to the media. You're not going to get anything. It's your good responsibility to talk to the media. You no, have to do it. No, make the team better. No, I, no. Yes, I, not I, first. I, I hear what you're saying. I'm just like, if the opportunity presents itself, buddy, you got Jordan Montgomery down the street begging you to sign him. A glaring need. By the way, your whole rotation's right-handed. There's, he's a lefty, so that's even more reason to sign him. Wow, my God. It's that quote. <laughs> I was... Uh, I was at the gym trying to look like Pat Brown when that quote came out. I think I just, I, I just stared at my phone. Like I just thought whatever I was doing, which probably wasn't much if you've seen me. Um, I just like stared at my phone. Like if an opportunity presents itself, oh my God, just awful, awful. F minus quote, terrible. Free ad, free ad you can watch on YouTube if you want to stare at Pat Brown for an hour. But go on, Pat. <laughs> what do you got? I'm going to be a real like probably the most Debbie Downer I've ever been. <laughs> Technical difficulties. If you're watching on YouTube, Pat now is in the hot seat. Go Pat. Can you, do you have the exact question that core was asked when he said close, but not close? I don't have the exact question, but he, he was asked if he thinks the roster they have right now is close to the final product. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah. Yeah. Notice how it didn't say our additions done. I think he knows that Duran and most likely Kenley are gone by the beginning of the season. I don't think he was saying close, but not close in regard to addition. I think he was saying it in regard to subtraction. That that's actually interesting. 
Because, like, in theory, the roster you have on the field, if you literally just subtract Kenley and Duran, you can't, you, they're not close to done if they are subtracting those guys. That's what I'm if saying. Gordo, if you subtract your leadoff hitting center fielder and your closer, dot, 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 that's where we're at right now. We're talking about yeah. losing two of the most, like the beginning of the game and the end of the game right there. <laughs> My God, everything is pain. I want to touch up on on something else. We'll, we'll, I'll go through a couple of these points because there's there's a few noteworthy ones that I wrote down that I wanted to get takes on. But I want to start first with the Yoshida thing. He was asked who he thought would, would get the majority of the at-bats at DH. And you know how he said he hesitated with the last one? He didn't hesitate at all here. Like it, the s- split second the question was done asking Masa. That was the answer. Masa. So I don't I don't know if this if that answer is as upsetting as it would have been had Jorge Soler still been on the market. But I thought that was noteworthy because it kind of feels like they're transitioning Masa Yoshida into full-time DH. And I know he'll have chances to play the outfield, but it feels like they're kind of just throwing in the towel with him as a left fielder. It kind of depends on like, what does it mean to be the primary DH? Are you like big poppy where you are the DH period conversation ends there? Or are you like J.D. Martinez, where you're still going to play like 50 games in the field? So I would lean towards the latter. I actually don't hate this. You guys both know I want Devers to be the DH. We've seen 7,130 innings of proof that he's not a good defender at third. But it doesn't sound like that's happening. My second choice would definitely be Yoshida. Um, While I don't think he's a big issue in left field per se, he's not a good defender out there. Um, So... I kind of like this. You have Yoshida as the DH. You can now get Duran off of center field, where, to his credit, he took some big strides last year, but he's not a plus defender there. Put him in left. Let him focus on hitting. And he would be good in left. He'd be a yeah, good defensive yeah. left fielder. Uh, pe- people are going to disagree with me. It's the easiest left field in Major League Baseball. It's the least amount of ground you have to cover. The ball's over your head. Turn around. Back up. It's going to hit the monster. You just got you got to learn one thing, and it's how to play the monster. Which you know that's not easy. But once you get that down, not bad. Um, that's why it's there in spring training. That's why they built the whatever they call the monster out in spring training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, the other the other the one. Jet blue wall of monster. Yes. Anyway, then in right field you have your kind of like platoonish situation with O'Neill, who's big injury risk. So it's good to have a guy to platoon him with and a Brayu. Then the question is. Who is your center fielder? And that we should get into next because yes. Cora was asked about this today too. And he said, if he makes the team sit on Rafael is going to be the starting center fielder, which I guess is talking out of both sides of your mouth because it leaves the door open to send him to AAA. And obviously if Rafael is on the big league roster, he's not going to be on the bench. But it is the way he talked about it. He was talking about his game-changing defense. Like it made it sound like sit on Rafael has every opportunity to, to earn the starting center field job. And I thought it was pretty interesting because he was kind of, he was asked to follow up and wouldn't, would not say that Duran would be the center fielder if Rafael does not make the team. And obviously that can imply a couple of things. It could imply both things. It's one or the other or both that Duran could get traded, that they don't see Duran as a center fielder and that they envision him in left field or that they're trying to trade him, and if they don't trade him, he's going to be in left field. Pat, what do you got? What do you got on this? So mine's kind of all connected here. So right. let's say Yoshida goes to DH. Duran is here and plays left. 
Rafaela makes the team. He's starting in center field. Right field will say you have O'Neill. Around the infield, you have Devers, Story, Grissom, Casas, Wong catching. Where the fuck is your power? Oh, they don't care about the offense, man. It's going to be. That's gone. I, okay, Pat, I got, I got a, a, a Band-Aid solution. And here, here, let me, hear me out. And let me, if you hate this, fine, let me know. Michael A. Taylor, not a sexy name, I know, but last year, 21 home runs, I believe, over 20, 21 home runs last year, solid season. That's, that's pop. That's not big power, but it's good pop. He is a elite defender in center field. And with Rafaela in mind, shout out to Red Sox stats for this nugget. Oh, I'm glad you're bringing up this point. If, if Rafaela starts the season in AAA, and they keep him down there until May 16th. They get an entire extra year of control. So Sammy, I, would I want to chime in. The The alternative to that is that you start him on the roster. And if he wins the rookie of the year, you get a first round or like a first round comp pick. Like the Orioles this year, Gunnar Henderson won the rookie of the year. They were awarded a pick after the first round. And then they used it to trade for Corbin Burns. So, but to, to your point and to stats point, I don't think Rafael is winning the rookie of the year. Like he's a guy who could grow into his bat, but he's not a guy who's going to hit 25 homers, steal 20 bases and play. Obviously we think he'll play elite defense, but I don't think he's hitting 25 and stealing 20 right out the gate. Steal 20. It's not that quick, crazy, but the home runs follow up to Gordo is the other kind of version of this is nightmare scenario is Rafaela absolutely stud in center field has great spring training makes the team that K rate stays sky high. The chase rate stays sky high and he is unplayable because of how bad he is on offense. And then you send him down. There's no benefit with that. And that's a risky game to play considering there's a year of control on the line. And if you send him down, the trade value is like, remember, remember Duran's trade value last off season or the off season before Zilch. that's that's what yes. that's what would happen to Rafael's trade exactly. value. And maybe not quite as much because he plays great defense but like if the k rates up there he's not going to be that desirable of a trade commodity like it's a risk that they're taking not trading him so i like this i i pat i think that's an amazing point so if it were up to me um i would start as much as i hate this i would start Rafael in triple a believer in the kid. I think he's, I think he's going to be really good, you know, and that's why I want the extra year of control. Sign this Michael A. Taylor guy, one year deal. He's 33 years old. He's not going to require a lot. If the Red Sox are contending at the deadline, awesome. Keep rolling them out there. Maybe add (laughs) what a concept. If they're not, if they're not, you flip Taylor to a contender, get whatever you get, give Rafaela the job. Boom. I feel like that's a good plan. And then at the very least, you're not going with the big offense that we were hoping for, Pat, but you're still getting a little bit of added pop. You get great, great defense and arguably the most important position defensively in the game, center field or shortstop, take your pick. Um, yeah, I feel like that's the best option. This is plan like E or F. We're already or, there, man. We're yeah. already there. <laughs> but I think right now that's that's the move. Michael A. Taylor for half a season, flip him, and uh, – then the job is Rafaela's for next yeah. year. Sammy, I, I think there's two ways you can go about this. And I, I would, in my ideal world, and yeah, I okay. I think you could go one of two ways with this. If you trade Duran, 
I think the two guys you target, you either target Adam Duvall because you're going to go for power and try to add a little bit of pop, maybe some 20-plus homer potential in the lineup. Because even though Taylor did that last year, that hasn't been what he's done over the course of his career, and he's aging. I want to say that he's going to be like 33 or 34. 33, um, two years 30, younger than the ball. Okay. Um, so unlikely that this is just like randomly going to become the new norm, but what is the norm for him is elite defense. So you would either get good power with Duvall and like whatever with the defense, you still have solid defenders all around the outfield, or you could get Taylor. And what I would do in that case is let's, let's assume for the sake of whatever that Duran is traded, you go O'Neal in left, Taylor and center, and then Willier in right, Yoshida DHing. Does that work? I mean, Willier may not, you may not want him hitting against lefties right now. Oh, okay. Yeah. He can platoon with Ref Snyder. He'll, that's, what it'll, that's what it'll be. Willier in right, he platoons with Ref Snyder. When Ref Snyder gets in the lineup, he plays left and O'Neill plays right. That works. And your outfield defense is great pretty much every day. Your bats aren't that great, but like you prioritize the defense and like getting that fixed and like you can win games that way. And then, as you said, Sammy, at the deadline, you're probably going to be out of it. You trade the guy. He's on a one year deal. Yeah, if you do that, you honestly have good defense all around the field aside from Devers at third, which, you know, you can live with that if you're getting offense from him. So, yeah, it's one weak spot. That's it. Okay, are we we endorsing half a season of Michael A. Taylor to Boston? (laughs) We went. Or what? From saying our odds on landing Shohei Otani to now campaigning for half a season of Michael A. Taylor. <laughs> emphasis emphasis on half. Emphasis on half a season. season. Come on, I want to die, dude. This sucks. <laughs> Pat, Pat looking into the camera, smiling. This sucks. <laughs> yeah, no. So okay, that's that's um that's that's my new. Uh, what do you even want to call that? My new. Desire. Dude, don't even, don't even, yeah, dude. It doesn't know. even deserve a name. This plan is Plan X. G. Plan, <laughs> plan X. What yeah. what number in the alphabet is X, Y, and Z? So what? That's the twenty fourth plan. Do yeah, I have that right? Eight. Is our twenty twenty? We're on plan twenty four. <laughs> okay, so yeah, I mean, I think that would be good because then you 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 like. Wait, so if they're getting Michael A. Taylor, Duran is traded in the scenario, right? We agree. Yeah. Or not necessarily. Wait. Not necessarily. No, left, left, left. Willier, Willier could go to the minors, and Duran could be your left fielder, and O'Neill could be your right fielder. Okay, then you can have Duran leading off, Devers, three hole. I guess you're going story, and you have Casas, uh, Yoshida. I don't mind two lefties back to back there because Yoshida can handle lefties. Then you got like Grissom, O'Neill, and those guys. Willier, uh, he might be gone, and then you have like Michael A. Taylor batting eighth. I don't like. I don't hate that. Taylor in the eight hole, you got a little bit of pop, a little bit of speed. God, I'm really, I'm, I'm coping so hard in real time right now. Something, something's going to happen though. Like we're, we're talking about this and it's like pretty clear that all of these outfielders plus an addition doesn't make a ton of sense. And you've got Chris Cotillo reporting that they're still very much in the market for an outfielder. You've got reporters everywhere saying that the Red Sox are still talking trade. This is like national report. Like Robert Murray was saying it. John Heyman was saying it. Like they're talking there. They're, there's there are things to go down. I don't I'm not saying it's like a Monty. I think a lot of people took the uh, close but not close quote to mean that Cora is holding out hope for Monty. And maybe, maybe part of him is. But I, I take that to mean that they're going to do a little bit of shuffling in the outfield 
hopefully they if if they do trade one of those outfielders they can get maybe some pitching there has to be a trade there, there absolutely has to be a trade if they're in the market for an outfielder you don't need seven outfielders on the roster plus pablo reyes who can also play outfield you don't need all those guys and then rafael and triple a like if they add an outfielder how i can't imagine there won't be a follow-up move it just it makes no sense but then as i'm saying this none of the, nothing that has happened this offseason has really made much sense so i don't know that's giving I, it a lot of credit it made much sense you had, and this this will be a solid segue here, but you had Breslow start off, literally start off his media availability. I clicked the link at the very second the Red Sox posted it, and instantly Breslow says that the offseason has not come together the way he anticipated it would. <laughs> you think? <laughs> it's like it's like yes, yes, we know it, and and like I always appreciate honesty, but I would just. I don't know. It's it still hurts to hear. Sometimes you have to hear the truth, and sometimes you have to say the truth, but it still hurts. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I just make noises now. I don't know. I don't know. I just want to see the roster. I'm so sick of these. I I'm I'm like, like when I saw that Breslow was doing doing media availability today, my first thought was like, how are we gonna get kicked in the groin today, verbally by the front office and. Here we are nursing our wounds and we haven't even gone over Pat's favorite part. <laughs> Deep breath. We will, we will, we will get to that. We will get to oh, that. I want to, I want to go, I want to stick on the roster and then we will, we will have yeah, plenty of room to get into that aspect. And you can probably tell what it is, but we're not going to say it because suspense. Uh, we went over the rotation thing open to the right opportunity. If, if it presents itself, Sammy, I could see your blood boiling all over again. Uh, he was asked about if he's permitted to add payroll. And I don't even really want to say what he said because it was a whole bunch of nothing. It was a bunch of word salad. Like he, yeah, he, he didn't answer the question. They are, they are about $20 million below where they were last year. So obviously everyone remembers Sam Kennedy said they're going to lower the payroll this year. $20 million, give or take, below where they were last year. Oh my god. Need I remind you, they sucked last year. Just throwing that out there. They were bad. They were bad. They actually finished in last place for the second year in a row. Pat, can you confirm? Can't confirm. I have the Wikipedia up. Great. They yeah. didn't have pitching depth, and maybe they have a little bit better pitching depth right now, but they don't have the rotation. Like they're gonna be into that depth really quickly with the way the rotation is lining up. But it's great. It's great that that didn't happen last year. Because if it did, they would have learned from it, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like that video of the kid who's like laughing at the reporter. It's like, <laughs> yeah, that's us. Red Sox baseball is back. <laughs> oh, How many starters didn't work last year? So surely I, they yeah. think that two will work this year. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. There you go. Yeah, it's bold. Um, yeah, I want to. I want to. I want to do like a full segment on this, but. I was just thinking the other day, like, how am I going to get myself hyped up for this team in this season? And I don't want to discuss it now because, like, what this is. Yeah, well, that'll that'll be something like that has to develop over the course of spring training storylines. Like, there will be shit written. Guys will be in the best shape of their lives. Spring training. I'm such a negative Nancy with spring training. Who was the guy in, I think it was 2018 or 19, Steve Selsky? Oh, he was great, right? 
Yeah, because he's he's playing in spring training and he's seeing a bunch of 91 mile an hour fastballs. I just like unless it's really an outlier, I don't ever take too much from spring training. I'm gonna have to look up a spring training stat. There was this guy when when Pat and I were kids, Sam, you were probably in your 30s, uh, but his <laughs> name was Juan Carlos Linares. <laughs> I I don't think he ever okay, so I think he's JC Linares. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He played for the Red Sox. I'm gonna have to pull up his spring training stats. I don't know how I'm gonna find those because they're not readily readily available on baseball reference. But I think like I was in middle school at the time and I was like, this freaking Juan Carlos Linares guy, like this guy rocks. Never saw him again. Never saw him yeah. again. And we we obviously know that Bobby Dahlbeck has been the king of spring training pretty much every year of his career. And Sam Travis. Oh yeah. That was the most like 670 every spring training. That was the most crazy. That's the most Boston athlete fool's gold of all time. Like gritty white dude without batting gloves. And it's like, he just hits, man. Let me tell you. He (laughs) just hits. Like, okay, then why is he not on the major league roster? Don't you think they'd call him up if he could? (laughs) That was so like, you're you're like dad's friend. Be like, you seen this Sam Travis kid in spring training? I'm telling you, I've seen guys like this. (laughs) He can hit. Nobody we goes. had like we had like the Jackie Bradley spring training year where he made the team because he was so good and he was just so not ready at that point. Well, you right? know what? That was 13. 13? I want to say, yeah, it was the World Series year, right? Yeah, it was the World Series year, I think. Um, but then the other one, though, I want to, on the other side of that spectrum, Jared Duran looked really good in spring training last year before he went to the WBC. And that was... Just a little bit of a sneak peek of what we ended up seeing from that breakout. So sometimes, 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 I don't know, like, whatever. We'll, we'll move, we'll move on to a, a couple of the other things that Breslow said, but let's see. He was, he was non-committal about center field. He was asked about center field. He wasn't quite as in on the Rafaela thing as, as Cora was, but he also was non-committal about Duran. I think it's pretty clear. The organization does not want Duran to be, starting in center field. Yeah. And then he said the, the roster, he went, he was asked if the roster was close, that same question. And he, another word salad, like we're always, whatever. We're not going to talk about specific guys, but we're still engaged with free agents. Uh, we'll reference. Oh my God. Sammy, Sammy just walked back into the shot, but before he got back into the shot, it was just a spray bottle. It looked like air freshener. Uh, yeah, dude, look in the chat. I just had to get up and clean a litter box because my oh. friend left a gift in the middle of recording and I could not inhale the air any longer. It was disgusting. So thanks, Larry. <laughs> I need to go back and look at the tape. <laughs> oh, dude, I, I, was, I heard I heard him in the litter box and I'm like, oh, please just be going pee. And then I'm sitting here and I was like, oh, nope, it was a little bit more. So I just quickly ran to... Put that in the litter, Genie. Thanks, Larry. Shout out, shout out, Larry. Larry is the official cat of the official Red Sox podcast of WEI. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I'm cleaning that box. I'm like, this is not a regular cat. Got but anyway, him. yeah, Larry's a big boy. Lasagna. Larry He's likes huge. Fenway Franks. We actually looked it up. Yes. He is, he is like uh, this close, like really close to being the same size as a, a Maine Coon cat. So he's legitimately like gigantic gross that's nuts he is big like sammy will hold up this cat in the shot often like often sometimes do it during the podcast maybe he'll do it right now but this cat is 
freaking giant. Like he's like holding it two arms. Like he, I, I did you just drop the cat? I think Larry just beat the shit out of him. But <laughs> cats always land on their feet. So Larry's surely okay, but is Sammy okay? Okay, Sammy appears to be. Oh my god, that cat is That's so Sammy's big. full upper body. <laughs> hey, oh, look at that! Oh, look at the shiny eyes. That that always freaks me out. Like raccoons in the middle of the night and they have their eyes shining. Hello, Larry. Hissing at me. Hey, he is so happy. He's on camera. Do you ever scratch at you? Yeah. Yeah, we just... call them designs. Oh yes, yes. He's oh, he's an God. artist. Larry is an artist. Yeah. Huh? And now he's a podcaster. Now he's a podcaster. Uh, last two items on the Breslow thing. This is the one that I thought was. I mean, I, I guess what is he going to say? But he was asked basically about if he thought that they needed to get a right-handed hitter to balance out the lineup or a left-handed pitcher to balance out the rotation because newsflash, their rotation is entirely right-handed after losing Chris Sale, a lefty, James Paxton, a lefty. So he ended up saying that he didn't believe in that and that they have left-handed batters that can produce and it's just about producing and right-handed pitchers that can get outs and it's just about getting outs and they're chasing wins and they're not chasing matchups, whatever. Maybe it's BS. Maybe he's just saying what he has to say because he can't be like, yeah, we're going to get this. But I thought it was a little bit no- a little noteworthy because the last time we had an executive saying that, eh, we don't think we necessarily need something. We ended up having Christian Arroyo and Jackie Bradley as our co-right fielders. So I, I was curious, did that, did that quote make either of you guys nervous? Mm, kind of like the other ones where the quote's basically however you want to frame it. Yeah, I, they're, I, so, they're so vague. Like, I... It's Exactly. It's as many words as you can say without giving anything of substance. Like I like answer, just, answer, answer without answering. Yeah. It's just, yeah. I, I can't really get into these kinds of quotes very much, uh, mostly because of my background. Cause I, I feel like I'm like, okay, I see what you're doing. That's why the Breslow one, the opportunity one, I was like, dude, that was trash. Don't say that. But um, yeah, honestly, that, that last one, Gordo, I don't take too much from it. I kind of agree almost. Like, it's more about, like, the talent. Balance is good, but talent rules. I'm curious. And honestly, Sammy, I, I want to hear you as a PR professional. When Breslow started his media availability, he starts off by saying this offseason hasn't gone the way we planned. That's good. That's that's candid and honest. He didn't give details. Right. He was just like, I hear you. I, it's not like it's not what we wanted. Um, that's fine. That's That's very... Very close to being too much, but I think that's fine. I just, I don't know. I, and may, maybe, maybe this stuff all changes when they realize that we're going to end up seeing what they were thinking anyway with this Netflix doc. But I don't know. I would just rather, and I think it would be better for them if he's just candid and honest and saying, like, hey, listen, we explored these avenues. This is why it didn't work. They were asking this. It's not necessarily all our fault. Like sometimes they'll say it takes two to tango, but say why it takes two to tango. Because if you just blindly say shit and just give us a word salad, every like no one's going to be on your side. Like so, Gordo, the problem with that, the problem with being candid in a situation like Breslow is if he's actually candid with us, then he would have to be throwing his employers under the bus, which you never want to do in any kind of job scenario. So okay, yeah, not that candid. Yeah. Yeah, but that's and this is this to take it back. This is why I'm always like, just what? Like, there's nothing for him to gain 
doing media availability. And if he does gain anything, it's minimal. So uh, yeah, aside from that one quote, the one quote that I hated about the opportunity presenting itself, I think he was fine, but you're not going to, you're never going to get much out of him. And the, and the Red Sox, every entity off operates differently. It was a tough sentence. So the Red Sox might have told him behind the scenes, like, yo, don't nothing, like nothing leaves your lips that gives anything away as to what we're doing internally. I'm, I'm sure they probably didn't love that quote. The, um, the quote about how it hasn't gone, the offseason hasn't gone the way they wanted to. I'm sure the PR folks with the Red Sox didn't love that. That's super understandable as a PR person that they wouldn't like that. So I, it's really tough. He's constantly towing a line doing these interviews. Uh, and I'll say it again. I don't think he should do them. Uh, I just got a notification. This is from Sean McAdam and Christopher Smith, uh, play Tessie alum, that the Red Sox are open to a Kenley Jansen trade, but are reluctant to pay any of his salary. Wow. Just just kick Kenley Jansen right in the nuts. Like we we and want to tra- still so want now- to trade him, but we don't we don't want to trade like oh my god. We like oh but we need it now. Dude, come on. This is what we're gonna be saying all year when shit happens, but like we need just for an entertainment standpoint for this doc, we need Kenley to show up to camp and like two days later he gets shipped out and just the organization looks so stupid. But so- you're not gonna get you're not gonna get anything back if you don't eat salary like a 16 million dollar closer not like how many teams are possibly in the market for a 16 million dollar closer it's not even like it's not even like we're trying to move you because we don't feel like we're contending uh and we need to get young guys it's just like we're trying to dump your salary man we're cheap as hell sorry and you know they're not gonna it's not gonna be like okay we dumped kenley and now we're gonna sign i mean maybe i don't know sammy do you think still eh, we don't need to get in the monty thing yes or no do you think they're still signing monty yep yeah i think they're okay. signing monty. he's still on it don't- Monty, staying. I'm not leaving this. Uh, Pat, what do you say? I will die on this hill. I will die, die on this hill. hill. Yeah, I'm gonna die on this hill. Um, I still think they're gonna sign Monty just purely because they're gonna be like that broken clock that's right twice a day, and this is gonna be one of the two times, the other time being the Grissom trade. So, okay, I, 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 I'm gonna keep asking you that, Sammy. I, I don't know, he might end up signing before the next time we record because I know. Uh, John Morosi and Mark Feinstein both predicted last week that he was going to sign before Thursday. So we'll see. But last note is that Breslow said conversations about extending young players are ongoing. He acknowledged that's a great strategy. They've always acknowledged that that's a great strategy, but they haven't always done anything about it. Like the only young guy that they uh, that they extended was Whitlock. Uh, but last note, and I want to kick it to Pat here because we uh, we drummed this up a little bit. Craig Breslow and Alex Cora were both asked to give their takes on Cora's contract situation. Obviously, Alex Cora's contract expires at the end of the year. Uh, so he's uh, he's managing the Boston Red Sox on an expiring contract. I want to let – I'm just going to kick it to Pat. We're going to let Pat take it from here. Just go off, Pat. Yeah. All you, Pat. If you are listening with headphones or on car speakers, turn it down. Craig Breslow said – me and Alex both don't want this to be a distraction. Crazy idea here. Like, some people will call me clinically insane for even mentioning something like this. But what if you give us something to fucking be excited about that we wouldn't need distractions to focus on? Maybe if you had a decent team, it'd be like, oh, Core's going to you know manage a good team. He'll want to be back. Core's going to pro- most likely manage a terrible, terrible team. 
You have the best manager, if one of the best managers in baseball, not under contract. You've shown no initiative to extend him. You've given us nothing to look forward to on the field. And now it's like, oh, like how is something so minor such a big distraction? Because you've given us fucking nothing. We know that you're not going to do anything of substance to upgrade this team. You're not going to do anything at all to quiet down these AC rumors. Nothing at all. So I don't understand how Cora I, is not as oblivious. Cora understands Cora understands that I, he can't control an, an extension. He can't give himself a contract. Breslow being like, this shouldn't be a distraction. We don't want it to be. Blah, blah, blah. How can it not be? How can it not be a distraction when all you have done all year long, you, ownership, Sam Kennedy, all these guys, let us down for months after months after months after months, and now you're somehow confused as to why people are freaking out that the best manager in baseball is likely gone after the year. I don't understand it. It's bullshit. It should be a distraction. It is a distraction. It will be a year-long distraction. It's going to be an awful year for Craig Breslow if this is not somehow resolved before, I would say, June. Yeah, this is like if if Connor Wong like rolled up to the first game and was catching in a wheelchair and was like, guys, please, I don't want this to be a distraction. Just let me cook. And they're like, Connor, you're in a wheelchair. What are you doing? And like, it just obviously it's going to be a distraction. It's what everyone's going to be thinking about. I feel like it hasn't gotten enough coverage this offseason. The whole contract situation. It hasn't. Because people are so, oh, like, you don't know, like, they're still in on sale. They're still in Montgomery. The stupid John Heyman's of the world. If you're Cora, honest question. If you're Cora, why do you want to stay? Aside from feeling indebted. That's, that's what I was and and his family likes it here. His family's happy. Like being indebted to ownership and your family being happy would would be it. Because I I highly doubt the Red Sox are going to be the team that offers the highest deal if and when he hits free agency. And they're certainly not going to be the team in the best major league position. This is a guy who said it again today that he doesn't see himself managing like ten years down the line. So it's not like a guy who's going to like wait around for Marcelo Meyer and Roman Anthony. Roman Anthony is 19. Like Alex Cora is not going to wait around until he's 26. Um, but give me your guys' final thoughts on Cora because another note just popped up that I want to make sure we cover before we get to Nuff Said. Just oh, came out God. in the article. I think he's gone. I think he's gone. I think he should leave. I kind of hope he leaves. For his, I think he's done a great job here. He has, he's been exceptional. And I really like Cora. And for that reason, go manage the Dodgers. You deserve it. So... Um, and wherever he is, I'm going to be rooting for him because I'm a big Cora guy. And um, yeah, just unbelievable mismanagement by the Red Sox front office. And none of us are surprised, which is the saddest part. I like the point. I forget which one you made the point, but I, it was Pat. It was Pat and his open that if they literally just signed Jordan Montgomery and extended Tristan Casas and like maybe played some good baseball in spring training and like Justin Slayton looks good. And we've got guys to that are, that are exciting. Maybe Brian Mata looks like he's going to have a breakout. I don't know. Like any of these guys, just give us all these other things to talk about. And then at the start of the season, win some games and no one's going to talk about the manager. If the Red Sox are good next year, the Red Sox are fighting for first place. The articles are going to cover the team. If the team is bad, it's going to cover the manager. 
But one more point that I want to bring up before we get into enough said this, I, I referenced that Kenley Jansen thing and that Chris Smith and Sean McAdam article, both play Tessie alums. And we, we love both of these guys and they're both great reporters. Uh, a note in this article is that according to an executive with another major league team, the Red Sox have made it known that they're willing to listen to offers, not only for Jansen, but also set up men, Chris Martin and John Shriver. And my instant reaction to this is, I mean, we heard a little bit of the Chris Martin buzz before and he's making nine and a half million dollars in 2024 so that i guess makes a little bit of sense if they're trying the schreiber one is more interesting to me a because he's coming off a little bit of a down season and by all by all accounts sounds like he's confident in a comeback but b he's not earning Okay, Schreiber is earning $1.175 million in 2024, his first year of yeah. eligibility. So what's, you're not dumping him. What's the point of we this? Discussed, we discussed this with him. He's going to buy sturdy Amish-made furniture with his one point, was it 1.175 mil? Um, no, I don't know, man. Just punt the entire season. Your, tra- your one strength, like you talked about earlier, Gordo, last year, your biggest strength was your bullpen. And now they're like, why don't we just get rid of it? That would be so silly. <laughs> We're so fun. So, yeah, I, I get it. Trade Martin. He's he's older, coming off. He got Cy Young votes last year. So, trade him. Trade Kenley. I don't understand why you're trading Schreiber, but whatever, man. I mean, they're they're clearly punting on the season in February, which is great. But Schreiber isn't even. It's like he, you're selling low. He's not making any money. <laughs> he's got plenty of control. Pat, what do you got? One thing worth noting. I'll be curious to see how long that's been going on for the Schreiber part. Cause as we know, he was scheduled to go to winter weekend. It did not go. Ah, that's interesting. I think, didn't he have a Chris have Martin a, didn't go either. Yeah. But neither Schreiber, I think Schreiber had a family thing. I think someone passed something like oh, that, okay. but Chris Martin wasn't there. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, Zach Weiss was there though, and he's off the team. So, I don't know. how like how pathetic is it that like three months ago, Sim Kennedy was harping on the fact that they're the Boston Red Sox. We want to bring back World Championships, and now they're selling before the season even starts. Oh, but Pat, don't say anything. Preseason selling. Preseason like selling. <laughs> What'd you say, Gordo? Preseason selling. Yeah, nice. What a concept. <laughs> the deadline is Thursday for pitchers. This is trade deadline one of two. For the Red Sox. Yeah, there's that. there's now two trade deadlines. You'll you'll get one slew of rentals traded now, and then at the second trade deadline, you'll start hearing guys like Pavetta and Tyler O'Neill. It'll be fun, guys. Everything's yeah. awesome. Fenway experience. <laughs> this year, when you go to Fenway, Tom Warner will punch you directly in the face for free if you say full throttle. It's gonna be great, guys. We have so much fun. <laughs> They'll be lining up. I can't the wait. Promotion of the of the century. I can't wait to do our season preview episodes. It's going to be so therapeutic, and I think I think people will enjoy. So, great. Uh, okay. Any last thoughts before we go to enough said? Any other Red Sox thoughts from you guys? No, no. I'm uh, let's do a lighthearted enough said. All right. Who wants it first? Sam, you want it? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so I don't know if you guys saw. I believe. Please correct me if I'm wrong. I believe Fanatics is like making the new Major League Baseball jerseys. Yeah. Yeah. I'm okay. glad you're talking Fanatics. about this. Thank you for bringing this up. 
Okay, so the first one I saw was the Mariners posted one, and it was just disgusting. Like it looked like uh, what's that website? DHgate, where you yep. order wholesale from China. Love DHgate. Um, yeah, DHgate. DHgate is great because it's cheap, and you get decent products for the cheap price. You wouldn't expect to see something that looks like that on a major league baseball player in the locker room. So then I see the the White Sox one comes out, and uh, the Cardinals one. And I'm seeing all these different jerseys and then the dodgers have the audacity to post a video of jason hayward a veteran wearing the new jersey is the dodgers jersey and he gives like a 10 minute long thing 10 minute 10 second long spiel about like these are great like the uh the 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 numbers on the back are awesome and you can tell these are super breathable and i like the way they move and uh. It's so fake. You know, you know what that reminded me of? It's like when you see a toothpaste commercial. Oh God. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. Coop just put it on the screen. Gilbert and Kirby. So left, the left Gilbert side. Looks great. Yeah. And then the right side's the new one. Anyway, so my my funny rap to this. Um, Jason Hayward doing that like 10 second long promotion for these disgusting jerseys. He it's like when you see a commercial for toothpaste. And it's like nine out of 10 dentists recommend using Crest. He's the 10th dentist who does not think that the old jerseys are better. He likes the new ones. And I just thought that was funny. There's no way he believes anything he's saying. They have the camera shoved in his face and he's like, these are wonderful. I like it. Fans are going to love the numbers, especially. So um, yeah, just more, more great stuff happening in the world of baseball, the quality of the uh, product on the field for us Red Sox fan going down. And then the quality of the jerseys on the players and in the store going down as well. So. Well, Sammy, the good news, though, is that your Boston Red Sox home jerseys do not have the names on the back. So at least we have uh, that. So we, don't get, we don't get the letters. We only get the numbers. <laughs> so, But that just okay. means that only half of the Red Sox jerseys are being ruined. Because I feel like the main problem is the names. Like the name, yeah, the yeah. font on the names is just – the numbers look the, whatever. The numbers, the numbers are – Really? Because I noticed the numbers. The numbers look like it looks like a jersey, like a shirt jersey. Yeah, that's exactly what it looks like. Yeah, well, they're ugly. Yeah, I thought it was funny. I just got a kick out of Jason Hayward. There's no way he believes no. a word of what he's saying. And like the Dodgers, I just he's think spokesman. The conversation with like their athlete marketing team was probably like, "Hey, uh, these are getting really bad coverage. Would you mind doing like a 10 second thing that we have to do this because we're partnered with blah 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 and they pay for this and that?" And he's probably. Hayward's probably like, I don't care, man. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk about this for 10 seconds. So, yeah, I just thought that was funny. All right, Pat, what do you got? You got enough said? Yeah. Meteorologists have to hit under the Mendoza line. <laughs> it's incredible how bad everyone is at their job. Yeah, but yeah, tough job. I understand. But, like, Connecticut was let yesterday – it was forecasted 12 to 15 inches as the day went on. Every hour went down by like two inches. I went to bed last night and it said one to three inches. We got over a foot. Wow. And well, that's, that's the opposite of what happened here. We were expecting like a foot and we got zero. Last night they ran it back. They ran it back at like 5 or 6 p.m. last night and said uh, three to six, which we didn't even get three to six. Which is a lot. It's a lot, by the way. It's, it's a big amount of snow. Too much snow. Three, way three to six. too much. Yeah, a lot of people would say too much snow. Three to six inches. So, uh, yeah, Pat, 
Question for you. Would you rather be a meteorologist in Boston, where you got like a mulligan to get everything wrong because it's impossible to predict, or in San Diego, where you really don't do anything? You're just like San Diego. Oh, my God, San Diego. Definitely San Diego. San Diego. It's going to be 80 and sunny. It's like cloudy. You you don't do anything. You're like like the tea conductor who drives the tea. That's the second one in line. Like, what are you doing? No, Sammy, you know who you are? You're the dad. You're Josh's dad in Drake and Josh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Uh, wait, what was the dad? What was the funny thing about how he did the weatherman job? I there think like you know a- when Josh took over. Josh took over. It was like bring your oh, kid to sweating. work. And his, yeah, he was sweating. sweating yes. armpits, yeah. Like. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I remember watching that back when I was in college. Oh, good times. That show was awesome. I'm kidding. Uh, I'm kidding. You didn't even get the joke. I, I was watching that when I was in elementary school, you asshole. <laughs> no one actually thinks I'm 40 years old. I, you are 40 years old. I hate you for not getting that joke. That went right over your head. You're like, yep, yep. Same was in college when Jake, Drake and Josh came out. Yep, checks out. <laughs> I thought you... Okay. In, in, in fairness to you, I thought you... I thought you were talking about watching it back. You I, yeah. you said watching it back in college. I heard watching it back in college. Mm-hmm. If that makes All sense. Right. But yeah, Thank you're you. 40 years old. Good cover. Good cover. You're 40, you're 40 years old. I'm not I'm not backing yeah. off that. You might be 45. You might be like one of those guys lying about their age. That's still a thing. Um, but okay. My, my enough said, I got a bone to pick here. And this, this hurts because being from Boston and having a bone to pick with Dunkin' Donuts isn't easy. But I got a bone to pick because they put the probably the best. There were two elite Super Bowl ads for me. One was the uh, one with Creed, and they were throwing Hey Arnold like a football. I thought that was freaking great. But the other was the Dunkin' Donuts Dunkings ad with Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, and Tom Brady. And they had those incredible jumpsuits on. And that ad aired, and I was, I was like, oh, my God, I need to have this. I know someone whose dad is like – a real high up at Dunkin' Donuts. And I texted her and I was like, please tell me they're selling these. And she's like, yep, they're going up the next day. And uh, then it, it became public on Twitter. They're going up the next day. I'm getting all excited. This is going to be great. Oh my God, 60 bucks a pop for each of the top and the bottom. I'll pay the full 120. I don't care. These things are incredible. I know it's coming up at noon. At 11.55, I, I pull up my computer. I'm ready to go. Like I'm buying these like I'm like I was setting up to buy World Series tickets for 2021 before they didn't make it. I did get them, got the money back, but aside from the point, Dunkin' Donuts releases these things, and Coop has the picture up. The ones that Ben Affleck and Brady and Damon wore have Red Sox logos caked all over these things. The Boston is in Red Sox font. Each sleeve has a different Red Sox logo uh, on their stomachs. I don't know if you can even see it in the picture. Ah, you can. Ben Affleck's has Ben Affleck's one has a Boston Red Sox font on his stomach. Like these things are incredible. And they, it was on the pants too. The ones that they're selling on the website, no Red Sox logos anywhere. They're just selling a completely different product. It's it's just a big Dunkin' Donuts ad. It lost all of its Boston charm. And they still sold out. So like good for them. They don't have to give the Red Sox a cup, but I didn't buy it. Like I just yeah. ugh, I got so upset, man. I was so jacked up to buy these things, to buy these things, and I was so upset that I just didn't do it. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I like you guys know me. I'm a big Duncan guy. I love Duncan. I love their marketing and everything. It's 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 part of my personality at this point. 
but I was super, super disappointed when I saw that they, they didn't have the Red Sox logos. Had to be a marketing rights thing or something, but I would have bought it. I would have bought the top at least if um, – what, Pat? Something happened? No, no, finish your thought. Oh, my God. I thought something – I thought something happened for the first I got second. some news. Nothing too breaking, but kind of breaking. But finish your right, thought. Go ahead. Nobody, nobody wants to hear about my jacket-buying habits. Go ahead. The Philadelphia Phillies have found their solution to closer. They have Kevin. just signed Caleb Ort. Oh! oh! Ort hog. Woo! Wow. It's great. Wow. Caleb Ort now has his third team of the offseason since the Red Sox. DFA'd? Yeah. He was DFA'd. Yeah, he was DFA'd. Mariners, Marlins, Phillies. He's doing the Making big his rounds. tour around the U.S. All right. I'm glad that we get to end with Caleb Ort news. That's how every podcast should end. But uh, yeah, go socks. This is this go is socks. that yawn is a representation of the last would you 45 days, right? Is that accurate? 45 days. Come 45. On. Be real, it's been longer than 45 days. That yawn has represented our lives since what August. When you wake when you're listening to this, it'll have been 46 days until the Red Sox have done anything, anything significant to help the major league. Baseball team, which I hope they still know exists, but uh, yeah, I'm not not super positive. So, yep. well, on that note, <laughs> on that note, this has been episode 39 of Play Tessie. Before you log off, before you click on some other podcast or do whatever, just remember hit that subscribe button. If you're on the Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. If you're on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. Hit that follow button. Give us that thumbs up. If you're on a podcast platform, give us the five stars. Leave a comment. Say whatever the hell you want. You can tell us we suck. Give us suggestions. We'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, socials, we're at Play Tessie, I believe, on both. It's, yeah, it's right there on the screen if you're watching on YouTube. At Play Tessie, both on Twitter and Instagram. Hit us up there. Uh, love the feedback from you guys. We love getting feedback. So any, any way you want to leave us feedback, if you're in the comment section on any of those platforms, or if you want to just tweet at us, Leave a comment in our Instagram, DM us, whatever. We love hearing from you guys and we love the support. Um, but on that note, this has been Play Tessie episode 39. Uh, Sammy For Sammy and Pat, for Coop in the back, this has been Gordo. Thanks for tuning in. Toodaloo.